0: Hello, and welcome to the Arbor Vita 8 podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin, and today I'm joined by some of my best friends and business partners, Justin Jeffrey, Sandeep Wall, and Galen Kelly. Hello, gentlemen.
1: Hello, Jason. What's up, Jay? Hey,
0: Jay. How you doing? I'm doing great. So look, we've been um, running around in this business for a while, and I wanted to chat with everybody about some successes we've had in mobile hemp drying because we are now offering mobile hemp drying. I just got off a great call with a farmer who was really interested in mobile hemp drying, was like blown away that we could drive a a actual semi to his facility, his farm, drop it off, and he could dry. So I was hoping, Justin, you're very familiar with the business model of what we're doing. Can you take the listeners through how, our mobile hemp drying uh, pr- process will work? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'll be happy to. Um, so we have uh, teamed up with mobile hemp drying uh, company out of uh, Florida. So we're Arbor Vita 8 mobile hemp drying. Um, we are doing manufacturing of those systems in uh, in Georgia through our CanEquip company, one of our sister companies. And um, we are servicing pretty much coast to coast, um, literally had a call yesterday with someone out of uh, Arizona uh, that we're going to be shipping out two systems to him um, at harvest this year. He's grown he's harvesting 40 acres. And um, the, what we do is we, we bring the, uh, the the system is pretty much a, uh, a it's a 53 foot dry van um, modified uh, with ducting and screening. And um, we have uh, it comes with a generator and uh Gas or propane, and um, it can be ran and operated right there in the field or at a hub, a co-op hub, or however however it's needed to be uh, ran um, based on you know what the customers' needs are. Um, it
0: uh, are you echoing?
1: I am echoing. Yeah, it's freaking me
0: out. I know it. It it disturbs me immensely when it starts <laughs> to echo. So, so so anyway we uh it, it we're
1: we're servicing, you know, coast to coast and we're not really limited because it is pulled behind an 18 wheeler. We're not limited to the farmer base that we have to service or able to service. Um it's very affordable for the farmer and we have a couple of different ways we can deploy it. Um you know, we can deploy it where you know, you run it, uh we train you how to run it and you you run it as a lease or we can uh Keep somebody with the system, and uh, you know, charge you by load.
0: And Galen, you've been in the business for a while on the farming side. W- what is the advantage to having mobile hemp dryers come right to you?
2: Uh, I mean, obviously, the the main advantage is if you have a large farm in the hundreds of acres, then when it comes to cultivating your your and harvesting your crop. Getting a mobile hem dryer or multiple dropped off to you that can do three to five acres within a you know eighteen to twenty hour period instead of having to to combine everything and bail it up and and figure out logistics to get it to a a drying facility or hang drying and putting up infrastructure for hundreds of acres of hang drying product. Getting it done at in a you know efficient and cost effective manner, like mobile hem drying is definitely the way to go.
0: And let me tell you, we've literally spent millions of dollars trying to figure out hemp drying. And this by far is the most cost effective and effective solution that exists. Sandeep, let's talk about the financials of it. Um yep. the the running these can be very, very good for business, right? It's a like it's it's is it under two dollars a pound to run it? What are well, we charging folks to run on the hemp dryers?
3: You know, it's really when you think about how much it costs you to run it, your your inputs are really uh, propane, uh, which is not incredibly expensive. You're talking about uh, like a dollar thirty nine for a gallon of propane, and uh, and then it's really just uh, kind of the labor uh, to kind of get the material in and out. Um, so and, that, and let's
0: stop there. That is not an easy task. Loading loading takes time. And we're charging about a twenty-five to $2.50 per pound. And that's depending on the moisture levels, the quality of the product, so many different things.
1: And that's if we're charging by the pound or it basically works out to that because we charge by the load, right? But it basically works out to that. Now, that's not the price if you lease the system from us. So that will be something we do on a case-by-case basis.
2: Justin, I had a quick question. Are we offering sales of these dryers? It's just straight sales? We are offering sales of these straight
1: dryers. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to, if somebody, someone is interested, please contact us uh, through the website. Um, yeah. We are happy to offer, a, because we are manufacturing these um, through CanEquip. Uh, we are happy to offer a drying system uh, for sale. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're,
0: yeah, we're always willing to talk, talk that out. Obviously, we love leasing things. That's always a good way to make money, but we also want to help people. And so if you want one of these mobile hemp dryers, give us a call. Now, Sundy, back to the finances of it. You yeah. were talking about the efficiencies, and, and we, we stole your thunder there.
3: No, you know, it's, it's it's really, when you talk about it, uh, you know, the, a, a lot of other drying systems are pretty complicated and expensive to run. And, I mean, this one is super straightforward. Its kind of beauty is in its simplicity. You're talking about just straight propane. It's not any kind of bizarre, you know, fuel you can't find anywhere. You can just get a huge propane tank delivered, fill it up, run it, and uh, you need more fuel just fuel it up again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's, it's very simple. It's very
0: straightforward. I, I like uh, that simplicity is really yeah. nice.
1: Well, the fact we can also run the, all the fans and uh, all the duct work via generator as well makes it completely mobile, right? Um, That's so huge. We, yeah. And as we continue to modify, we're, we're, we're making it more efficient and we're making it uh, more aesthetically pleasing, right? <laughs> Putting things certain places. Um, But we are increasing the efficiency of it every time we touch it.
0: And, you know, it's what you have to think about as a hemp farmer is, you know, yeah, it's been been rough for hemp farmers. But you do not want to risk leaving your plants in the field to dry. So many things can happen. And you have such a short window that mold creeps up real fast. Whoa, who's got the motorcycle party?
2: It's probably outside my house. (laughs) The cool thing with this, though, is whether if you have a massive farm, you can just harvest and do full plant drying in this or like we're doing at our facility, modify it. And if the farmer wants to go ahead and bale product to dry at his leisure, we can also outfit them to pretty efficiently dry the mulched up bale product. It works both ways. So the farmer doesn't have to necessarily only dry whole plant. You
1: yeah. oh, it can, okay. it can, it can dry can. whole plant. It can dry buck plant. It can dry. Uh, combined material, and it can dry baled material, which is usually whole plant combined and then baled.
0: If a farmer is doing whole plant, what do they have to do to that after it's dried? Do they have to um, mill and buck?
1: They have to buck it. Um, and either they can bring it to us bucked for a price or they can bring it to us milled. So that a lot of farmers have combines, they can then take dried product, run it through the combine, and then run it It, it blows right into super sacks. Um
0: for those Pretty who don't efficient. know, just just talk through bucking and milling. What's the difference?
1: Okay, so so bucking is uh, taking the the flower or the bud off of the stem.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: That's bucking, um, and then milling is obviously grinding up that flower.
0: Gotcha. And, and so in this process, the stems are not being used.
1: Well, once, once you buck, no, the the stems are you have. So when you buck, you're taking this the very small stem. If you picture a plant you have the large herdy stem right uh which is obviously our fiber source um and then you have your small uh, sucker leaf or sucker stems coming off of that that hold the bud right or the flower so bucking is taking those off of the main stalk and then grinding that then separates everything and it also grinds up that small stem as well
0: yeah, gotcha. I've always been curious on the, on the dual head combines that separates them. On the regular combines, is it just ripping off the flowers uh, and then leaving the stems in the field? And so The regular combine just, tear,
1: just tears up everything.
0: Okay, so when we're yeah. getting the, the, the milled material, that has the stems in it. Oh yeah, tons of wood. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Which yeah, slows down
1: drying and slows down extraction. Because I was wondering, that's what I was thinking. Because
0: we have those giant bags of uh, herd, yeah. uh, from from the dryer, and I was like, okay, well, how did those get in there? So, okay, that's good to know on the baled material. Right, right, and it's it, you
1: know that's why we've been talking separation. Um, that's why we're jumping into the fiber game. Um, that's why. All of this stuff kind of it all marries together very well, right? Our path is set before us, right? So we, we've been doing the flower, we've been doing oil extraction, and it just it just makes sense that we are including separation equipment, including fiber separation equipment, seed separation equipment, uh, you know, all of this stuff that goes into that, it all kind of makes sense and marries together.
0: That I mean, that's so I mean it the the future of hemp fiber in America and the world is just so wide open. It's yeah. fascinating. Um, anything else in, in hemp news this week that has caught your guys's attention, more States banning D eight. What else has happened? It's been crazy. Yeah, Was there about
2: 12 States now with ban D eight? Yeah. More
1: um, States continue. There's still, there's still activity
2: on the market though. I mean, there's,
1: it's, it's still out there. I mean, that's yeah.
0: What, when it gets banned, does it stop it?
1: Uh-uh. No, I think it will always be there. It will always be a black market product now. D8's here to stay? D8's here to stay. One, a thousand percent.
0: What do you think that does to the future of, like, marijuana? Nothing. No, the, the okay, marijuana guys. Just, I, we're so
2: will, we're, we're, will they accept it? Will it just be another product that dispensaries can sell? Or?
1: I, I think it'll be, I, I think that the, the, so we're all marijuana guys, right? maybe except for Sundeep, but <laughs> we're, we're all MJ guys, right? We're all you know, part of that, that culture. And, and uh, you know, and it's, it's the, I think the traditional guys, you know, I'm in the Colorado market every day talking to these guys, the dispensary yeah. owners and stuff. And I think the, the traditionalists, the traditional MJ guys, you know, don't want anything to do with it um right, but right. the people the people that aren't traditional guys or um i used on our last call i used the senior housing we i said something about the the seniors using da right right, right they right. won't touch weed they won't i'm not getting i don't get high. i don't want to touch weed oh. but they'll take a da they'll eat a da gummy it'll get them high as hell and hurt stop
0: their elbow from hurting well shit right? they should try some bath salts if they're into you trying new things. They shouldn't. I don't think you can get that <laughs> Oh, that, that was anymore. a joke. That was a joke. I do not support the elderly doing bath salts. <laughs> Where's
1: Scott when we need a
0: disclaimer? Uh, I just said it. I did it for him. <laughs> My Captain Cautious was here. Look at Sandeep. He's loving so it. So, Justin, are
2: glasses? Are they not necessarily uh, liking the D8 because they're more – when you say traditional, this is natural, and D eight is a synthesized compound, essentially.
1: MJ <laughs> marijuana has always been, or the can the, uh, cannabis before hemp. You know, it's always been the organic. It's always been the natural. It grows on. It grows naturally, right? It's it's been used for hundreds and thousands, you know, hundreds of years, and it's D eight is it's a natural thing. So is uh, you know, um, uh, well, mushrooms, right? So like it's a natural occurring thing. You know, that, and it goes back to that group of people and majority of people that are consuming it, you know, feel that same way. The, the D8 is, is always going to be somewhat of a synthesized product. Um, so there's people that don't, don't want to have anything to do with it because of that.
3: Well, the real reason why well, those marijuana guys wanted to do it is it's a direct competition to the product they sell, right? Like-
1: no, not necessarily. I mean, there's people that recycle because their, their wife wants them to. Right. And then there's people that actually want to help the environment. Right. So I think that there's a pocket of those people that, yeah, I just want to get high. But then there's an, an, and you're treading on my territory. And then there is another, you know, g- part of that group. I'm a part of that group that I don't want to put anything in my body or consume anything that's that's trash or that's going to harm me or that is not regulated or that. I mean, who knows what your reasoning might be, but I like to smoke flour. I take bong hits and smoke joints. I don't want to take something that has been monkeyed with. You know, I don't, I don't I just don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. If it's been made in a lab, you know, it's like it LSD versus mushrooms. You know, it's like made in a
0: lab, mo- it must be bad.
1: It, it's made in a lab, it must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's. I, I just think that you're always going to have uh, certain parts of the, or segments of those groups that are traditionalists, naturalists, and that really truly believe in it. They really like a heartfelt, like, no, I'm not doing that because of this um
0: you know did you guys see i saw an article that said we were getting closer to uh cbd being allowed in food and beverage did you guys see that
2: i did yeah Yeah. what was that about
0: i'm like yeah but was that what, what i couldn't figure out was was it the fda saying that or some group like it wasn't clear that it was the fda making that um do you guys from have any knowledge of that it was driving me crazy. I couldn't figure it out.
2: I'd have to go back and, and find the article. Uh, I think it referenced uh, some actions that the FDA and the USDA are working on um, to get it to a point where they can finally do some legislation on it. So it's, it's, it's heading in the direction that we need as an industry.
1: Yeah, I did see where they, uh, they are allowing non-federally backed entities do testing, independent testing on
0: marijuana though. That's, that's huge. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be big. And that's because that brings up a point. If we had more research and knew that D eight offered some sort of other benefit, then it might be a reason for someone to put it in a cannabis in a dispensary. Right. But if we don't, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I said, on my last call, it has huge pain relieving benefits. I mean, huge. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't feel your body.
2: <laughs>
1: so, so, I mean, I'm just, uh, that's, I'm, it, I said, like I said last time, listen, we need to have it regulated. It, I'm okay with it. As long as it's regulated, it's packaged correctly, it's identified, children can't get their hands on it. Um, and the fact that it can be, uh, we need regulation, we need testing, we need, you know, people to, we need the government or the FDA to come out and tell us, we can do it, but it has to be this way. And that way, you know, we have testing, we have trials, we know what to expect from it and we know how to use it to benefit it. They do that with everything else that we consume that you're giving to the hospital. Why not something that, you know, is cut from the hemp and cannabis plant.
2: Yeah. Regulation is a scary word to a lot of people, but it's not (laughs) always a bad thing.
1: No, it has to be regulation
0: so so our dryer
1: call went to d8 though
0: oh i mean we were doing we were talking about dryer i felt like that was getting a little stale dry dry. if you will a little dry on the dryer. (laughs) a little dry and decided to move it to this which i think is fairly interesting so listen this a bill introduced in the u.s senate would legalize cbd and other hemp derived ingredients in dietary supplements and conventional food and beverages. The Hemp Access and Consumer Safety Act is critical to protecting consumer safety and treating hemp producers fairly. Ooh, la la, that That's sounds amazing. Good. This is an article I just found. I wish I would have found this last week. FDA has proclaimed for several years that hemp-based CBD or cannabin Oh, God damn it, I have to say it. Cannabinimid... Cannabinimid... Canab, i always i have the worst cannabinimidum fuck it cannot be lawfully marketed in dietary supplements or added to food and beverages because the cannabis drive compound was first studied as a drug
1: i know i love that you own a cbd company and a marijuana company and you can't say that word
0: can can i'm horrible dude so i do voiceovers sometimes and I had to say analgesic. <laughs> an, wait, an analgesic. What analgesic. is it? Analgesic.
2: analgesic. Analgesic.
0: Right, but I was analgesic Did afterwards, <laughs> dude. Yes, every single time. And I used to have to say all sorts of savaspirvin. Of, I ofospervir. So savaspavir is the number one like Hep C drug, and I'm the voice of it. <laughs> so I had to say Savaspavir so and analgesic. Well, you um, couldn't
1: say cana- uh, cannabidrol on our last call. It's hilarious. Cannabidrol. Right. CBG.
0: CBG. I, I get, but how do you say this one? Cannabidiol Cannabidiol Why? is Let's just call it CBD, guys. I think what I think this is going to do is that many, many CBD companies have like sold misbranded and adulterated products. Like the stuff that Sandeep was pointing out, True. The, the fake Skittles, all that, Sure, the, this kind of writing regula- children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This it's regulation practice. We need regulation to make it so that we can thrive. We don't want kids having our product unless it's a C- CBD is found to help them. Right. And, there, and the there's been, even, obviously yeah. helps with epilepsy. It's been known to help with autism, all sorts of things. So, but we have no facts on that. So we can't say that we have to, you know, I was talking to Pan Exchange yesterday, basically I have to say it's snake oil until the FDA says we can say otherwise.
1: Which uh, and some of it in the market is garbage and it should be categorized as snake oil
0: exactly and that's also a if you problem, can't
1: right? if you can't take a click a upc code or track somehow the cbd or a hemp cbd oil that you're putting in your body if you can't track test results you should not be putting it in your body on all of our products you can track the coa from the original plant and the oil that was produced from
0: So this is from – I think this is an interesting quote. This is from um, a a congressperson in uh, Oregon. Every day that the FDA drags its feet to update its CBD regulations, hemp farmers are left guessing about how their products will be regulated, and real economic gains for workers and business owners in Oregon and across the country are left on the table. Hemp-derived CBD products are widely available, and we all need FDA to issue clear regulations for them like they do for other foods, drink, and dietary supplements. Doesn't that make sense? Come on. Just do it. Let's go. Even when, be even, when they and... start, it's,
1: even when they start, it's not going to be a quick process. Yeah. Yeah, the government doesn't do anything quickly.
0: Well, guys, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for making time out of your very busy hemp days to spend some time with me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Um, I want to call really, out before, really we, go.
2: Time
1: before we go, guys. I want to call out uh, if you are a farmer in need of processing or drying, um, please contact us, www.arborvita8.com. If you are a manufacturer and you need a good supplier of bulk ingredients or bulk oil, please, please contact us with uh, good we some, CoAs we have some good <laughs> really nice crude nice distillate nice remediated material um, if you uh, have if you would like to start your own brand uh, we have a great lineup of items we offer for white and under our white labeling program please contact us um, and if you are a retailer and you would like to freshen up your uh, your supply of hemp uh, products. We have a wonderful retail lineup uh, that we offer wholesale pricing on uh, as a distributor.
0: Oh my God. Is there anything you don't do? (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) I love it. I love the plugs from Justin Jeffries, president extraordinaire, Sundeep Galen. Thank you so much. Join us next time on the Arbor V8 podcast, where we hope to educate you on hemp as we pioneer the way to the hemp future. We will see you next time. Thanks.